from our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. The word of God for our meditation is Psalm 85, part of which we sang earlier. I will read the whole psalm. You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. This is God's word. children of God. I recently read a book by Richard Evans. In that book he made the comment that there is no guarantee on tomorrow. Never has been, never will be. Doesn't sound like there is much hope for the future with words like that. Two weeks ago on television, there was a segment about a young woman who had been addicted to opioids. She was still in high school. She was a senior. Not only that, but she was also pregnant. Under those circumstances, she was standing before the judge, found guilty of misuse of drugs, and then the judge had to sentence her because of her crime. He was compassionate and easy on her sentence. While she was serving in prison, she had the opportunity of taking classes so that she did graduate from high school. Of course, not with her class. She also had her child. After she was released from prison, about two years later, she met a wonderful young man, and they then promised their faithfulness and love to each other. She went to the judge and said, would you be kind enough to officiate at our wedding? And he was more than happy to pronounce them husband and wife. 
kind and compassionate. Now just imagine if those words of Richard Evans were ringing in her ears. There is no guarantee on tomorrow. Never has been, never will be. Just imagine how we would feel if those words were also spoken to us. Our God is a God of hope, a God of faithfulness, a God of mercy and compassion, even as that judge was toward that young woman, a God of forgiveness who gave his life so that we would have the sure hope of everlasting life. Our God's name is Jesus Christ, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He promised his blessings in the past and showed them to his people. Even today, he continues to give us his blessings, and we have the privilege of praying and thanking him for those blessings. And he also assures us of his blessings in the future. For he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We look at this word of God for our meditation and we're told, You showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. Jacob, remember, is also Israel. We talk about the 12 sons of Jacob. They happen to be the tribes of Israel, or Jacob. These people were blessed beyond measure. The problem is, is that they forsook the Lord. <clears throat> they chose to worship the gods of their neighbors, Ishtar, Ashtaroth, gods of the imagination of the people surrounding them gods who asked for human sacrifices so that the children of Israel were also sacrificing their infants to these false gods in hope that these gods who could do nothing would look on them with favor and mercy. The Lord sent them into what was called the Babylonian captivity. Jerusalem was destroyed. After 70 years, <clears throat> the people, having been led by prophets such as Jeremiah and Ezekiel, were led to repent of their sins, to recognize the error of their ways, and they returned to the Lord. Isaiah could say, You showed favor to your land, O Lord, and you restored the fortunes of Jacob. And the next verse tells us how he did that. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. I want you to think of a table, a table that might be sitting in your dining room, a table that just has a nice, shiny, glossy finish on it, but over the years, once in a while, a, a wet glass or a little bit of spilled water or coffee from a cup remains on that table and eventually leaves a ring 
Amar. Or maybe something was dragged across the top of that table, left a scratch on it. And maybe there was somebody in your family who used to smoke and maybe lit a cigarette and put it on the edge of the table and forgot about it. So that there's maybe a little half an inch or an inch track on the edge of the table from that burning cigarette. I want you to think of all the sins in our lives that mar our perfect finish. And the psalmist comes and says, you've restored your people. Makes them look perfect. Forgives all their sins and their iniquities. He did that for those people back then. The children of Israel, after 70 years, if they wanted to, were given permission to go back to Jerusalem. Through Jeremiah and Ezekiel, they were led to repent of their sins. The same message that John the Baptist proclaimed to the people. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. A message where God then also comes and says, I forgive you your sins. I want you to think about your lives. What kind of sin, just, just pick one, that you have that is like a, a mar on the table, something that is hard to forget in your life, reminded of every day, if not every other day. You know, it's kind of hard to pick one, isn't it? We've got so many. And yet our Lord would come to us and say, I've restored you. I've made the finish on that table look as though it's brand new. You can't see any mars. You can't see any scratches or any rings left from a water glass or a spilled cup of coffee. I've covered all your sins. That's yesterday. Our Lord Jesus Christ forgave all of our sins by giving his life on the cross. Therefore, we call him our Savior. Jesus Christ is the same today also. The psalmist prays about the blessings even today. Lord, restore us again. And then it says, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us? He has a right to be angry with us because of our sin. Valid question. Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Again, why? Because our Lord is kind and gracious to us even today. Many people, I would say many of you, pray the Lord's Prayer every day. Forgive us our sins or our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us. Every day. Lord, restore me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. That's what the psalmist is praying for, even as we would say this psalm for ourselves. Today, 
And Jesus Christ is the same today. No, he didn't die on the cross today. But that blessing that he gives to us as our Lord and Savior even comes to us today. The forgiveness of sins covered by the blood of our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Again, looking at this psalm, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people. Peace to my people. Isaiah refers to Jesus as the Prince of Peace. At the end of the service, at the end of the sermon, many times you'll hear, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's a prayer for the future, recognizing that God continues to give us his peace. The peace that he wants us to know that peace and forgiveness come together. Righteousness, the righteousness that God gives to us. His love, his unfailing love, his faithfulness. It's almost a picture of a wedding where you have these two elements, these two people coming together. And so our God comes to us and says, this is what I give to you. And the future also. <clears throat> Can't help but think about <clears throat> how often a pastor will ask a young couple, why do you want to get married? And I would guess that probably 90% of the time the pastor will hear, well, we love each other. And that's wonderful. But so often what happens, and statistics say that it's better than 50% now in our nation, that marriage ends in divorce. And you might ask a person, well, why did you get a divorce? And many times they'll say, well, we don't love each other anymore. I can't help but think of what happened to faithfulness. That the couple also promised to be faithful to one another. And there may not have been any adultery committed, they just say, well, we don't love each other anymore. Our Lord would ask us to be faithful to one another also, even as he is faithful to us, that he's faithful to us in keeping the promise that he gives to us. And I want you to notice that two words that I didn't read, he promises peace to his people, his saints. A saint is a holy person. And when someone might normally read these words and not fully understand what God says in his word, well, he would say, well, that doesn't include me then. He promises peace to his people, his saints. In the Apostles' Creed, we confess, I believe in the holy Christian church 
the communion of saints. We are saints, a gathering together, people whom God declares, you are holy, I have forgiven all your sins. Yeah, you're a saint. Completely forgiven by our Lord and Savior Jesus. Again, looking at this word of God, the Lord will indeed give what is good, forgiveness of sins. Not only that, but looking even further into the future, eternal life and salvation. He promises us the glories of heaven one day. So, the psalmist comes to us and reminds us that Jesus is the same yesterday. He forgave their sins and ours. Today, he forgives us our sin today and forever. There is a guarantee on tomorrow. One other word of encouragement as we look at this word of God the psalmist says, but let them not return to folly. And so as we come to our Lord in repentance, heeding the word of John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, listening to the word of our Lord, who also asks us to repent, to turn from our sin, Enjoy the forgiveness that he gives to us and not return to folly. Another word for folly is wickedness. Live our lives for the glory and praise of our Lord. Then he is glorified. Amen.